How does Spreaker's Terms of Service versus free speech impact you, the podcaster? And is radio struggling with podcasting? And what are podcasting's hot topics? Well, welcome to Speaker Live Show. This is episode 162 uh, for August 8th, 2018. Thank you so much for spending time with the show here today. We certainly appreciate you joining us. And my name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of partnerships at uh, Spreaker and VoxNest. And like I said, thanks for joining us and listening today. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience Podcast and also uh, Live Talk, right? Is that your new new show name? Yeah. Yeah, thanks Live for talk. the plug. Live, Live talk. talk. I thought yeah. you I thought you forgot about that show, Rob. Most people uh, have now. Uh, thanks thanks for the plug. Yeah, I did it. I do the show every Tuesday night at 5 p.m., 8 p.m. Pacific. So thanks. Yeah, Live Talk on Spreaker, only on Spreaker because yeah. it's live. It's not yeah. pre-recorded. So. Exactly. So you're still doing your Exum experience. Yes, absolutely. That will never go away. Yep, my baby gotcha. still 6 years and running. Thank you. The Exum <laughs> experience is still the pre-recorded uh, podcast, but I don't really have live talk out on all the other platforms. It's really meant just for Spreaker. Um, we use the chat function like you do for Spreaker Live Show, Rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, you know, we talk about the chat and you know questions in the chat on the show, and people call in. Although I have had a few issues with Skype because it keeps updating on me. As we have a new version today again, Rob, as you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, we were uh, facing those challenges. Well, where is that function? <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't find time. it. <laughs> Yeah, and then it just gets a little. It's just the last. It's a little better now. The last one was not intuitive at all. I think they realize that, and this one's a little easier. I think so at first yeah. glance, but I still can't find things. So right, right, um, yeah. So, but that's- that you know, you know, just thinking right now, Rob. That's the great thing. And plugging Spreaker here should get my cut soon. My check in the mail. But that's right. Spreaker <laughs> allows you to do live and the pre-recorded, obviously, podcast, which is hot now. But I got to tell you. I'm embracing this live thing, Rob, and your friend, uh, you tweeted out the article from a friend of yours. What was it? I already forgot. Goldstein? Steve um, Goldstein. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk Goldstein, about his article here. Yeah. Which talked about that. And I started, I said, well, hmm, it's kind of cool now that I'm doing this hybrid. So anyway. And I think you're like the only uh, Alex left in podcasting, aren't you? No. Anyway, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely talk about that a little bit later in the show here as we kind of plow down this controversial path of uh, terms of service. But I wanted to mention we stream the show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from speakerliveshow.com. So if you, that's a really quick way to get to the show. Plus, we're in Google Podcasts app now on Android. You can hear us on the Amazon Echo smart speakers and that whole platform um, with Spreaker Skill or TuneIn or however you want to get to us. And we also have our own Spreaker Live Show apps on iOS and Android as well. So you can get us over there. But uh, definitely go over and check out Google's new um, Google Podcast app in the Play Store. So kind of download that and kind of plug in and see what's there. You can actually go to the SpreakerLiveShow.com page and you can see a link to get directly to the show on um, Google Podcasts. So go go check that out. Let's uh, talk about some hot stuff in the space, the last in the podcasting space, more specifically in this past week. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time, and this is this is a little bit of a tough subject to talk about, but you know I'm facing it head on, Alex, and just trying to talk about Spreaker's terms of service because as you. Uh, look at the podcasting space and what happened this past week with um, Alex Jones podcast getting taken down off of um, all the social media platforms and all the podcast listening platforms. It seems like a hot topic that everybody wants to understand kind of what's going on there. And, you know, everybody kind of jumps to their sides, right? And their their opinions on free speech and censorship and all those kinds of things. And, um, and you know, before we dive down this rabbit hole, I kind of wanted to, Alex, get your thoughts so we kind of have a you know a, a more balanced view of this going into it, and I'll talk about the terms of service that Spreaker has, um, just so everybody understands you know this difference that exists between platforms being able to decide what content uh, resides in them versus free speech. Go ahead, Alex. What's your thoughts on what happened this past week? I think it's scary. And I've had the same thing happen to me on YouTube, as everyone knows. It's, mm-hmm. you know, almost a joke on the live talk show. It's part of the trailer and intro for the show. 
yeah. where, uh, you know, Dave said, you know, he called in on my very first show, the marathon show and said, look, everybody's sick of hearing about Alex being banned from the world, basically. Right. Yeah. So like this is this is kind of to our listeners, Rob, and my situation, this is kind of, a, you know, an old story. Right. We've already forgotten about the first Alex to be banned. <laughs> Alex Exum. That's me, by the way. And it, it's like my name. I, fr- I figured this out the other day, Rob. My first and last name are both four letter words. So maybe that's why. Okay. So that, I realize maybe that's the whole that reason. That must totally explain it, Alex. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is, right? That's right. So, so, what, so now there's eight um, words that you can't use. Is that what this is? And so the, the seven now? <laughs> Alex and Exum. And it could be Alex Jones or Alex Exum. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but here's here's the deal, Rob, and I've talked about this before, and we'll get into the legalities of it, and is it a private company, and can you do that, and all that stuff. I keep hearing a lot of that, and First Amendment, and this is not right, and all – like you said, people are taking – people are dividing up like the Hatfields and the McCoys right now, yep. right? Yep. And this is the question I pose to you, the listener. People who are listeners, our friends out here who are listening, and they know my situation, which is I was banned, and I – look, Rob, here's the problem. I don't know if it was exactly for my Sandy Hook videos, but we have a pretty good inkling because they kept getting flagged. And I was getting accused of harassment and bullying, cyber stalking, har- uh, spam. All the, by, by the way, I've done none of these things. So people if they are listening to this show for the first time. I've done none of these things. They can't show me where I've done it, and they will, in fact, never tell you what you did. They just, and here's another one they use against me, and they're using against Alex Jones, hate speech. Okay? Just a blanket term. It's almost like pornography. I remember this, what senator it was in like the, I think it was the 80s or something. And, you know, they had this whole congressional hearings about pornography. It's like, well, what is pornography? And the answer was, well, I know it when I see it. So apparently when it comes with these podcasting platforms and YouTube and these others, that's the attitude they're taking. Well, I know hate speech when I see it, but they won't tell you what the actual speech was in the offending podcast or video. Now, I was saying that Sandy Hook happened. This Mm -hmm. was not a hoax. These were not crisis actors. I, in fact, have family members who know some of the victims from Sandy Hook. I've been to the town. I was there four Mm. or five days after it happened. I have family and friends Mm -hmm. all over Connecticut. I I was boots on the ground after it happened. I know it happened, period, end of story. Mm -hmm. So I knew Alex Jones was way off base in 2012. And I've listened to him and Robin, you and I have talked offline. We've both been a fan of Jones at some points in our life. We've listened to him for years and followed his career. I, I frankly... My personal gut is I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he was – was he genuine? Yes, he was genuine about his reporting things on Sandy Hook, but he was genuinely wrong. He was misguided, but I think he believed it at the time. So here's what I want people to understand. I was banned for saying Sandy Hook happened. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones is being banned for saying it didn't happen yeah, and right. nobody died. And he's yeah. since retracted all that, by the way. So yeah. which is hate speech, Rob? Is it saying that Sandy Hook happened or it didn't happen or you just can't talk about it at all? And they won't give you an answer. So and I know we're going to go over your terms of service, which I think they're nice and, and I think it's pretty clear and laid out. But the problem I have, which I had with YouTube and I think Alex Jones is having with all these other services, is who is making this decision? Mm-hmm. How am I to know what the offensive speech is? And we could go down an entire list of things. But if you say if you claim that I did these things, show me where I said that. Like that's the problem I had with YouTube. Guess where that went, Rob? Nowhere. They just keep telling you to appeal their decision. Mm-hmm. And then that's the I went on Twitter. I called YouTube. People didn't don't know this, but they have a number that you can actually call. I spoke with someone at YouTube. Yeah. That went nowhere. Nice guy, but it went nowhere. True. And their process is a failure. I could show you today. Hundreds of thousands of people, what I think is offensive, burning Bibles, burning Korans. That I think is more offensive than me talking about Sandy Hook. Okay, Mm -hmm. there are rap videos. And listen, I listen to some hip hop and rap. I'm not knocking it. But there are some rap videos that are utterly vile and disgusting, bloody videos with with Xanax and crack and every kind of drug and gun and literally shooting people, simulating drive bys, everything you can imagine. That's all okay. Because they hide yeah. behind art. I mean, we, you and I were talking uh, earlier about a podcast that you, you came across, or you, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but I'll mention it because I know it exists and all this stuff kind of blew up. But a pornographic podcast where it's just like the sounds of sex. Now, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, so what is deemed offensive and what is not? So the big, and I'm going to shut up in two seconds. I'm sorry, Rob, but you That's opened okay. up the hand worms. I, I, I did, I, but I did it on purpose because these you. these are what a lot of people are thinking right now, and we want to, you know, I want to have it on the table, and everybody understands what's going on here. 
well, and the good news is because a lot of people may not know this because I follow this very closely. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones's app is now it was at number three, and that's what I can verify. But I heard a claim today it was at number one. His news app is at number one. Mm-hmm. So this is having, I think, the reverse effect. It's, are you familiar with the Streisand effect, Rob? I mean, I understand, but I think you're assuming that the reasons behind this are to take him off offline and take him. But you know, none of us can do that. He has the, that's the power of the open internet. He has another pathway to go. Um, so, anyway, but they can go ahead and continue. Okay, let, yeah, I'll finish my rant, but all I, I was getting that I think it's having the reverse effect. The Streisand mm-hmm. effect, for people who don't know, is when you don't want to put attention to something, but you complain or sue people about sure. it, it actually brings more attention. And there's yeah, a whole – you can Google find the definition. And, and whatever. I think Alex Jones will survive it. You're right, Rob. You know, mm-hmm. He's got a massive platform in InfoWars and other forms of income yep. coming in. They did it to me, and mm-hmm. I was making primarily most of my money through Google AdSense money. Now, I have since, and I know – I kept my mouth shut, but at the beginning, you plug Google Podcasts, which I personally – this is a personal decision, a moral decision where I remove myself from Google Podcasts. So if they're going to say I can't be on YouTube, why the hell would you keep, want me on your podcast platform and God knows what, if they're going to start monetizing it or making money off it? No, no, not interested. If, I, mm-hmm. if you guys don't want to have a reciprocal relationship, I'm done with Google. No, I don't recommend any podcaster doing that, by the way. You, 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 it's David versus Goliath. Your numbers will sink like an anchor. But we've got to take a stance somewhere, Rob. And I think people need to really think if they, if it can happen to me – and I, look, I have not been banned like Alex Jones. They took him off Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes – I mean I, the big kahuna, Rob, iTunes, right? And you can talk about what Spreaker's doing with Alex Jones. But I, you know, it, it's like if this is going to happen to the little guy like me because Alex Jones keeps saying, well, if they're going to do it to me, they're going to do it to you. They've done it to me. I know yeah. what it feels like. So yeah. this – who's next, Rob? Who's next? Well, it's all clearly laid out in the terms of service. So, oh, but no, but the yeah. problem I have with the terms of service is there's obviously other people violating them up one side and down the other. So it's selective. It's discrimination because it's selective enforcement. They're not enforcing it on everybody. Uh, right now, I could go on iTunes or any of these other platforms, find things way crazier than Alex Jones, flat earthers. You know what I mean? People who look, there's other Sandy Hook uh, uh, conspiracy theorists that have their own shows that are mm-hmm. Still going after these these parents that are still mm-hmm. making videos on YouTube. They're not getting deplatformed and banned. So it's it's selective. They, yeah. they're, they're, it's well. arbitrary, and you can't get them to give you an answer. I have tried, and I'm not talking about these other platforms. I don't know mm-hmm. about anything other than YouTube. That's all yeah. I can speak. I haven't been sure. banned anywhere else. So I can only speak with YouTube, which Alex Jones went through. They won't tell you the offending. Rob, I've t- I've read them on air. I hate speech, bullying. Cyber stalking, spam. I mean, and you're just yeah. like, what? And these, and I, some of the podcasts that they're flagging are so benign. It's just like, I'm shocked that they're, they're flagging them. So here's the deal I don't like everything Alex Jones says. I, I mm-hmm. definitely didn't like how he handled Sandy Hook. But mm-hmm. if they're going to, if they're going to go after him and just say, well, it's, it's a um, private company and we can do whatever the heck we want. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. But just people should know this. This could happen to Ben Shapiro. He's been accused of hate speech all over. They don't even let him speak at colleges. This could happen to other conservatives and liberals. There's other liberals that are, I'm sure, nervous too. It's not just conservatives. And I, you know, I don't even know if you want to – everyone calls Alex Jones a conservative. I think it's not the fact that he's a conservative. I think that he's a conspiracy theorist is why he's getting yeah. attacked most of the time. Well, um, yeah. So, so he I, – I said I was going to stop in a minute. I've gone on way too long. But you understand where I'm going, Rob. Who is who is the person who makes the decision? What is the appeal process? And how are we to know what is offensive and what is not? And who will judge that? Who is going to be the judge of this? It's typically the the owners or the president or the CEOs of of the companies that are behind this, or it's those that have been put in charge of um, um, that part of the particular business. I mean, they have to make fast decisions. I mean, a lot of these platforms um, have tens of thousands of millions of content um, pieces on there. And they, they have to make uh, quick choices based on the information that they have. It, it may not be a hundred percent complete, but if there are um, people that are um, pointing out things that are, that are um, in violation of the terms of service, then those, those particular episodes go get looked at and, and examined and, and a determination is made, but you're exactly right, Alex. I mean, a lot of this stuff is very subjective um, you know, what is hate speech? It's, it, it's a pretty broad term. Um, but it also, it gets back to, 
is this content harmful to others, right? I think at the end of the day, um, is it harmful to others is one criteria, I think, and that's related to the hate speech. And that's one of the reasons why these terms of service exist in these platforms is that the platforms are trying to protect their users because it's a double-edged sword. If you think about it, Alex, I mean, there's people on there that, um, that, that want to feel safe. And then there's people on there that want to be able to express themselves. And those expressions can be, are moving more and more in our society to extreme positions. And I think as we move further and further to extremes, there tends to be more emotion and more, contentious commentary and people start feeling like they're under some sort of a threat or they feel like that there's harm being being inflicted and at the end of the day one of this concepts that's really a hot thing right now is um you know this concept of what's real and what's not real as far as information out there and i and i think you've touched on one that's that's you know the whole conspiracy thing is is a little bit of uh, of hybrid of that, right? It's it's like they're trying to portray something to get attention that's um, maybe harmful or hurtful to others to drive attention, and those are things that uh, platforms um, are starting to take stands on. And, and I, I agree that's probably an imperfect process. Um, a lot of these companies, you know, I, I was pulled into a little bit of this Alex Jones thing over the last couple of days and saw how some of these companies went through this process. It certainly wasn't fun or easy. And they also understood that there was two sides to this issue too. There was like, there's going to be, you know, a lot of these platforms are not going to win no matter what they do, right? Because they're getting flagged by their users as saying, this is horrible stuff and I'm going to you know, abandon my account with you because you're, um, you have this stuff on your, on your platform. And then there's other people saying that, you know, um, I'm going to abandon your platform because you took it off, you know? So there, you know, there's no winning of this for the platforms. The platforms just have to make a choice. And that's why terms of service exist is to have somewhere along that path or that division or that, uh, responsibility, a path to navigate through. I could tell that you were wanting to comment on something. Go ahead. Well, you mentioned harmful to others. So let's talk about that in some sure. depth. Sure. That would basically mean that you need to remove every comedy podcast that exists, every political podcast that exists, every comedy podcast, somebody's the butt of a joke. I don't care if it's a race, a class, a person, individual, a celebrity, the person themselves. All comedy, there's a mm-hmm. victim somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and all political talk, there's a victim, and it's usually the politicians or the lawmakers or whomever. So, I, mm-hmm. I mean, harmful to others, virtually every single one of my shows could be flagged and banned because if I'm talking about conspiracy theorists who think Sandy Hook didn't happen and mm-hmm. I call them low-life scum-sucking pigs for going after the family and, and, and everyone hears about the Posners, but it's not just about the Posners, right? There's mm-hmm. many other families that have been harassed by people who basically in, in, in the name of Alex Jones, no other way of saying it, listen mm-hmm. to his show, get all riled up and go out to the, you know, this happened with ping pong pizza. A guy actually shot the place up because of the so-called pizza gate, which by the way was fake as well. So virtually all talk radio, somebody is, is, you know, could def- find something harmful. Most of my podcasts just talking about Sandy hook, the, the hoaxers would think it's harmful that I call them low life degenerates who live, you know, behind lies and, and YouTube mm-hmm. conspiracy videos that make no sense. And it's really gibberish. And they, they cite these things as fact, like made mm-hmm. up facts. Like you're talking about fake news. I think fake news is a huge problem. We can talk about that too. But sure. I, I have the problem, Rob, and I know I'm hammering this, but you, and I know you know where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. This vague hate speech. This vague, it's harmful to others because virtually all talk radio somebody could say is harmful. And most podcasts I listen to, the podcasts that really get me excited, I listen to some that are a little bit more benign. But if I, Michael Savage, Ben Shapiro, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Jones, right? A lot of that t- – Bill Handel. Now, Bill Handel just got inducted to the Radio Hall of Fame. You should hear the way he ha- – he has a show handle on the law on the weekends, how he mm-hmm. berates people who call in. He's rude. He's crass. He makes fun of the callers as soon as they hang up. So he's some of these callers after he hang up with him and he just wipes the floor with them. They're not hurt by that. Oh, you bet your bottom dollar. I'm sure KFI dodges lawsuits right and left just with Bill Handel alone. Right. Howard Stern 
What, are they going to throw him off XM radio? I just heard. I, I kid you not. I don't want to get in the gutter here because this is not a blue show. But I kid you not because I got a free trial. They're giving it away now. Sirius mm-hmm. XM. I guess nobody's listening. 90 days they gave me free trial through T-Mobile Tuesdays. They were – Rob, I, I, I know this is a family show, but we, I have to say this because I couldn't even believe it myself. They had his show staff up there and they were talking about if they'd ever – these were men, all men, ever taken it in the butt. OK? That's all I'm going to say. Totally crude, crass. I wouldn't listen to it. I said – I immediately turned it off. I said, is this what Stern is doing at like 70? He's like a dirty-year-old man. He's got no other shtick. No – nothing – he can't create any audio than having guys go up there and talk about something so disgusting and nauseating, right? I don't care what people's sexual preferences are. Do what you want. But like these were straight men and they were just trying to admit – it was just – it was a train wreck. And they're all Mm -hmm. laughing and it's this – so how come he's not thrown off the air? I, you know, Howard Stern has been offending for 30 years. Yeah, but I mean, but Alex, I mean, it's fine to take that observation and that position, but I don't think um, you or any of us want to go to an extreme on this either. So there's kind of um, this whole thing. I'm sure that there's maybe other people that are doing something similar to this that, um, you know, why aren't they getting taken down? Well, I mean, it's a good question. Maybe they should be taken down. But at the end of the day, I mean... It's difficult well, for I don't think a- they should be. I yeah. don't think they should be taken okay. down. That's my point. Yeah, I, I'm not saying even how it yeah. turns should be taken. I don't like yeah. it. I hate it. But I don't I don't think you should be taken down. I, that's yeah. I'm sorry. I, maybe I, you, I I didn't make that point clear. Sorry, Rob. Well, I think it's well, it's just a matter of of looking at it kind of objectively from the standpoint of of the these platforms have or have a right to have some sort of say in what goes on on their platforms and more and more the federal government and the leaders in this country are starting to hold um, platforms accountable. I mean, whether it be music, whether it would be the content that's on those platforms, and uh, what what goes on in those has tremendous impact on our culture and our society. Look what's going on with the hacking that's going on and the, the kind of um, efforts on the part of foreign countries to influence our elections and get involved in and causing turmoil and strife in our culture and our society to create confusion and create, you know, problems. And I think these are all part of that same thing, right? As we become more divided as a culture, we get more divided on issues like this. Instead of coming together and realizing that, you know, this kind of speech and this kind of conduct is is only inflaming problems in our culture. Um, and I'm not saying that these platforms have a role in monitoring that and controlling that, but I do get a sense that Congress and other other entities are looking at these platforms and saying, you know, who's accountable to what happens on these platforms. And so I think that the, the, the these technology companies feel pressure from both sides. They want to be an open platform because it's good for all of us. I mean, um, us taking down accounts is not good for business. It's never good for business, but we have to adhere to the legal document that we put out there. And sure, we could do a better job in enforcing that legal document across more shows. I think there's degrees that we have to look at of of how severe it is, what the impacts are on, on our users, and what's the domino effect of us being a primary host platform that's going out to... Um, iTunes and Stitcher and all these listening platforms when they've chosen to take the content down, you know. So well, let me ask you a question yeah, because tough. you raised something very important. If I can, yeah. sure. I, you just made me think of something. Sure, that's all well and good. And the reason, the main reason, everyone's stating why they threw him off all of these platforms and all using the same thing is because of Sandy Hook. Now he has since retracted uh, what he said about Sandy Hook. Actually, well, that's very, the main one. Very that's few the of the platforms have used Sandy Hook as the primary. So if you looked at all of the announcements that, that were made by all these platforms, it's, it is specifically referring to hate speech. It's not taught because the Sandy Hook thing is not a referential item that would be in anybody's terms of service. Now, granted, Let me you, ask the question. What's the hate yeah. speech? Uh, actually, I think some of the platforms got very specific. Um, I know that Spotify initially took down two episodes for very, very specific reasons that were put out in a, I mean, an announcement. Um, so they actually looked at individual episodes. So they didn't take it all down right away. They took down just two episodes. Were they and Sandy then, Hook related? Um, I, I, I believe one of them had a, 
had okay. some so, talk about uh, Sandy Hook, so, but I don't okay. think that, that that was announced as the reason. But okay, that, but because it's very vague. They a lot of them, and maybe they have come out with specific things. But from from my understanding, mm-hmm. what I've read, it's very vague. And uh, Sandy Hook was the one thing they've nailed them on. Now, if there's other stuff, I'm sure there is. But I know that he's since retracted. What I was trying to get at is, sure, I could cite hundreds, and I have an article here because I did a show about this. I'll find it later. Put it in the show notes if you want. We don't have to. But I did a show on this maybe a month ago mm-hmm. about the like 50 biggest whopper lies of the media where they came out and had to retract them. They were so huge, right? Yeah. So the media lies all the time. They get caught doing it and they have to come out with, with the tracksments, CNN, MSNBC. I have a lot, lot. I mean these are huge whopper of lies. I mean just making up stuff out of hand. And they have to retract things. I know Alex Jones has had to retract things, including Sandy Hook and Pizzagate, the two that I mentioned, which I know he's been flagged yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, everybody does that. I mean, Alex, it's not exclusive to one side or the other. This is this is going on because media um, is trying to gather um, eyeballs or ears, right? They're, they're putting out kind of occasionally misleading um, headlines, trying to get people's attention, right? Uh, well, unfortunately, media is a business. Um, and oh, I understand. Yeah, but, and not yeah, only that, yeah. the organic nature of YouTube is now gone because now it's if you search anything, even if you search Sandy Hook, you're not going to find. And I think it's a good idea in some instances. You're not going to find some of these weirdo conspiracy theories. But every I don't care what it is now, Rob, MSNBC, Fox, CNN, all these big guys who have relationships mm-hmm. with YouTube or are paying their mainstream media. They're all at the top. And yep. there's plenty of YouTubers that I know that do maybe controversial mm-hmm. content, have just podcasts that yep. if you Google the, just the let's say let's say right now I went to Google Alex Jones gets banned from YouTube on YouTube. I'm going to find hundreds and hundreds of videos. There will be a video with some guy in his basement with a laptop and a mic who gets two million views in an hour <laughs> and then MSNBC can't get 50,000 views in six days. Right. And you see the despair. You see, why are they hiding the ones that are so popular? They're getting the most views because they're probably sharing them on Twitter and they have a, a audience and subscribers mm-hmm. already. And mm-hmm. nobody's really going to the mainstream media. Well, they're rigging the system. They're they're suppressing all of those because it used to be based on numbers and views. Now they're not. They're just suppressing it. Same thing with Facebook. It's now pay to play. I can't tell you how it's it's a wasteland. I don't even know why I went back. I mean, mm-hmm. most people who are on Facebook can tell you it's like you post something. There's no engagement. It's a wasteland. So it's all changing. And if this yeah. – look, I know I'm going to rant here, but if this is what people want, they, OK, fine. I personally liked it the other way when I got what I wanted. When I searched and I knew I was going to get what was probably popular or trending or hot, yeah. not what MSNBC, Fox, and all these other places are, are force-feeding down my throat. So it's getting a little scary that now – Alex Jones, you're not going to find him on all these other platforms. You're going to have to actually download his app, which millions of people have done apparently, and, and listen to it that way. And I just think about me. Sometimes if I got flagged, right, Rob? And we can talk about the terms of service with Spreaker. Each has its own. I Luckily, I haven't thrown off Spreaker yet. I, you know, I pray to the Spreaker gods every day I don't get thrown off. But you have to wonder – you know, because YouTube never gave me a darn reason. And I went through all their terms of service. And I've never spammed. I've never harassed. If anything, I've been harassed. If anything, I've been yeah. spammed. I used to spam on my YouTube channel at alexxon.com. I Just all sorts of crazy emails. You want to know what a crazy email is, Rob? It's about 20 pages long, right? <laughs> crazy people write 20 page emails. Same people say, hey, Alex, I think yeah. you might like this link, right? You get them too, Rob. Yeah, it's right. like 30, I just, you just delete them. It, they're, they're wacko. So, I've had all this stuff happen to me. I've had people say they were going to come find me and do this and that and the third and all sorts of nonsense, man. So I know what it's like to get hate mail and and deal with hate speech and everything. And it didn't make me flag anybody or shut down. Their, I just block them, ban them, and I never deal with them again. You know. Yeah. So I, I'm on a rant here, Rob. I, I'm done. I, I know that I'm way more passionate because it happened to me. And I know that uh, it's going to happen to other people. I'm warning people. This is not going to stop. It's not just going to be Alex Jones. As things spin up, um, also, Alex, there's another factor going on here that, that we haven't talked about yet. And that's that's the aspect of um, a lot of these shows and Alex Jones, I would put in the same ballpark, are, are not there to do a public service. What they're there to do is entertain and build audiences for economic gain. So it's not a, a slash on Alex Jones. It's, it's the motivation of every content producer. Mostly, not so much in the podcasting space, but especially in broadcast and television and commercial radio and all that stuff. It's a business. It's an economic interest. 
And I believe, and I've been following Alex Jones for many years. I had him on my Zoom podcasting platform when I was uh, working at Microsoft, and he passed all of the editorial reviews that I had to have with all the lawyers and stuff that would go through content on on the platform. Uh, I just believe that the rhetoric has accelerated over the last couple of years, and things have gotten more extreme. And to get attention, people escalate the rhetoric and escalate the entertainment. Okay, let's be real frank about it. This is all about spinning up audiences. Pay attention, right? And I agree with you. What has happened this week is only going to draw more attention to Alex Jones. And, I think you're right. But, I think you're right. But he has other ways. He has not – the government hasn't come in and said, Alex Jones, you can't communicate anymore in any way. So he has avenues. He's still on 160 radio stations from what I understand, and he's still got his own pathway through the Internet. He's got his own app. So he has not been censored entirely. Sure, he's been taken down on many of these platforms, but those platforms have a right to judge what content they deem as appropriate for their the safety of their users and their business. So I think you have to keep it in the context of that as well, because I think uh, people get wrapped up in the censorship thing and, and um, how it's wrong and the First Amendment and all this stuff. I don't believe that Alex Jones' rights in the First Amendment have been um, entirely violated. Well, let me point. ask you a question. If I have a business that sells, uh, let's see, I don't want to say anything too crazy, something that people deem offensive, <laughs> all right? Anything too I, crazy. <laughs> something people do. I have a little store and I sell, um, I don't know. Uh, okay, I teach classes on how to burn Bibles. Okay, okay? yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know I why, it. but just I because it. I'm not, yeah. I, and by the way, I'm a Catholic, so I'm not trying to offend Catholics, but I, I'm, I'm, okay? And yeah. that's within someone, and American flags. So right. it's a class, you come to my class, and we burn American flags and Bibles, okay? And right. there's a big rhubarb, I guess, in the press, that, you know, Long Beach Post out here gets wind of it. By the way, I'm not starting this business, so nobody send me hate mail. And they say, well, this, this Exum guy is starting this business, we disagree. And Google delists me, on their business maps. I had an account, spent AdSense money with it, and they just say, no, we're not going to list you. Nobody can find you. Okay, effectively shutting down your business. Mm-hmm. Yelp does the same thing. Yeah. Okay? They're all, they all do it because they deem my business offensive. Now, is everybody okay with this? Now, oh, it's, a, it's, it's you know, hey, it's a private platform. It's a pro- Okay, fine. Okay, fine. So mm-hmm. how is that not discriminatory? Because if another guy is teaching you how to burn, let's say, Qurans and burn the ISIS flag, and they're not banning him because they know the, you know, the, the local imam will come down and raise hell because they don't want bans against Muslims. Now, they're going to let them do it. Do you understand where I'm going with this, Rob? Oh, Who yeah, makes sure. this decision, and is it just Google, and they have the right now to shut down your business? And let's make no mistake about it. If Google delists you, YouTube and Facebook, I've talked about this before, a billion unique uh, viewers. It's more than that. Is, it's, it's like two billion now. Maybe it's two. Okay. So thank you. Thank you for directing me because it's even worse. It's always worse than I think. So right. it's Facebook, Google, and YouTube. If you are basically banned from those, your, your business is effectively dead. It's effectively shut down if you're trying to sell widgets or something. If you have a podcast, yeah. you're pretty much shooting yourself in the face. Folks, I keep telling you, don't, don't remove yourself from Google Podcasts. I've done it because – the alphabet company, we have a fight. We, we're no longer friends. We have a little spat. It, it's never going to end. It's, it's like I'm going to lose. We all know I'm going to lose, right? I'm going. Well, as you noticed, Alex, the, the Google didn't on the podcasting side didn't really jump in on this. Um, they no, they didn't. Amazingly, yeah. but but you, you see, this is where it's all it gets sketchy too, right, Rob? Because they'll ban him from YouTube, but not Google Podcasts. That's the that's the issue I've had. They threw me off YouTube. Yeah, but Which was they're not banning him from search results in Google, though. So, so uh, no, I think they're, that they're, they're drawing a line, I believe, uh, based on that. I don't know, Rob. Well, well, you think so? Well, he's still there, right? Momentarily, well, I mean, but, but Republicans have been banned, shadow banned. This just all came out on Twitter. Yeah, but just being listed in the search results isn't, isn't uh, contributing to direct interaction that's um, communicating – what's deemed as hate speech. So that's just a link to information, right? It's it's not the source of the information, right? But I've seen I know that certain websites Google has like they'll have complaints. Some usually it's a digital mm-hmm. copyright millennial act or whatever, right? Right. right. But they've delisted listings and sometimes it's not just based on copyright. It's based on 
ISIS videos and, and horrible stuff. Oh, sure. Stuff I, I mean, if mentioned, it's, so it oh, yeah, I mean, if I mean, it's also, you know, these platforms are responsive to their users complaints, too. So oh, to I some know. degree, the squeaky wheel gets a little bit of grease here on this topic. Um, well, that's what happened to me. And there was a concerted yeah. effort by a, a, a group of scum sucking dogs that wanted to throw me off YouTube. And they, succeed, they succeeded. They basically succeeded. But guess sure. what? They're all pretty much been thrown off now, too. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Well, so who gets the last laugh? Well, it's a little bit of hate speech doing that too, right? So well, that what I just said is deemed hate speech. The the fact that I called them sucking dogs, and I stand by that statement. I mean, it, when you go into my <laughs> comment section and say the, the most horrific, horrible things about children that have died, you're scum. You're scum in my book. Yeah. Right. And, I'm off on a tangent, Rob. This look, I, I am I am I know you and I are passionate about this and you of course like you are always calm and thank God we do a show together because you make me see the other perspective. You make you uh, you're right in certain instances. I yeah. agree with you in a lot of this stuff and I get really riled up because it happened to me and I don't want to see certain content to go unchecked. I get it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some horrible stuff out there, but at the same time, I think they were a little heavy handed and they all hit him at the same time. And, it, and the things Thanks to high heaven to me. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, it wasn't fun for anybody that was involved in this because it, it, I, bet. I mean, it felt like uh, everybody was going to lose no matter what happened. So I know you didn't want to get yeah. in the middle of it. Who? Would? No, no, I don't. I didn't want to get in the middle of it, but, but, oh. but I was, you know, so yeah. it was just what it was. So, so anyway, the, the terms of service, and let me just talk about this a little bit. The terms of service on our platform and, and and really, we've talked a lot about kind of the intent of terms of service at this point. Um, but you might want to go to that page. It's just at Spreaker.com forward slash terms. And I know we just did an update on the terms of service because of the the update to the European Union's kind of privacy policies that they they they, um, they forced all the technology platforms to adopt to protect people's privacy. Um, so, um, this is a freshly updated thing, but most of the terms of service that applies to this issue has not changed. Really, um, you should go read it and run through it, and, but don't be confused in the forbidden use area because I think people can sometimes get the wrong impression about that because what that list is in the forbidden use terms area is, is basically a list of things that protect Spreaker and protect the user, right? Or the, the, um, not so much from the perspective of protects users from the content that they publish, but protects users from activity on the platform that could be harmful to others or harmful to Spreaker's business. So that's the intent there. I've, I've talked to many people that have gotten that confused. They think that those terms apply to them specifically, but that's not always the case. But those that are um, listed in here typically talk about what's unlawful, you know, types of content that um, could. Um, and, and in many times, if if every one of these things were dissected and we went through every piece of content and we looked at every show, which we don't do, um, um, could cause problems with a lot of shows. I agree with what you're what, what you're saying. But some of this stuff is kind of like happens once or maybe it doesn't happen on a regular basis. Uh, and so, you know, there's things that um, kind of slip through. Right. And that's part of, um, you know, that's part of being a platform that's kind of, you know, really about more about free speech than than not. Uh, is that things do come up and and people do say things. It's just when there's a concerted effort, I believe, and and this is what flagged Alex Jones was there is just there was just a regular and concerted effort over the last couple of years to to really get a little too extreme on this stuff, um, and I, I believe that's what caused this reaction to happen. Um, but if you were to read through all, all this, it 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 runs through the the descriptions of of what types of content um it could be uh hate racism discrimination pornography violence all this kind of basic things that are in there to protect uh listeners and to protect users 
uh, from being harmed in some way because we're in the middle, right? We're, we're, we are a, a platform that makes content available and we are in the middle. We can take the wrath from people that agree with it and people that don't like it, right? Comes at us at the same time. And it, it puts us in a position where we have to choose what we're going to do. So that's why these terms of service exist um, on every technology platform, not just Spreaker, not just YouTube, not just Spotify. Some of these platforms have even more extreme views. I know I've worked with um, some of the biggest companies in the world, and um, a, a lot of them have even more extreme perspectives on this. And they, they have lawyers that are all over these things um, to monitor them and to do content reviews. I, when I used to work at Microsoft, I had to use... I had to do content reviews with the lawyers every six months on the content that was in, in the, the Zoom podcasting platform. And that was just part of my job that I had to go through um, just to make sure that we were adhering to all of the legal limitations that the company had established in their relationship with their users. And that's, that's what this is really all about. So, so I think probably talked a lot about this and, and certainly if you have questions, um, certainly ask them, you know, in an email or in the comment area. I know there are extreme views on this from the standpoint of people feel like they're they they could be censored. Um, but I would not look at this as a, as a global effort to go after content creators on a large scale, at least from our perspective, from speaker's perspective, this is, this is one of just, um, a couple of times that we've had to take down shows um, on the platform since I've been there and in, in, been here in almost four years. So, um, and when these things come up, we have to make tough choices that there is no easy answer here because it, it impacts people at all levels. Um, so, Alex, any other ending thoughts here? Uh, well, to bring it in for a smooth landing, I think that everyone, you know, is concerned right now. Like you said, it's the talk of the town. You, you're having to deal with it. It's speaker like every other company. We're going to watch this very carefully and, and see what happens on the other end. Like you said, I don't think Jones is going anywhere, right? He has multiple radio affiliates, but it's a little scary for a podcaster who's trying to build up a show yeah. who maybe has a bit of a and they're worried that they're going to say or do something that's just going to get them pulled, paying or not paying. You know, if it's a free platform. Or if yeah. it's a paid podcasting or video platform, yeah. whatever. Um, so anyway, I guess we should leave it at that. You know, and, it's a tough topic. And just to be clear, um, the position that Spreaker took on this was um, the only show out of the five shows. These are separate series that um, the, the Infowars has up there. Um, we've only taken down one of the shows and that's the Alex Jones show. The other shows as part of the Infowars network that they have that, that is on Spreaker. Um, and a lot of those shows are primarily hosted on Spreaker are still, um, active and still, which live. by the way, I'm sorry, but which makes absolutely no sense to me. I've seen this on other platforms as well. Alex Jones is on some of those, the war room. He's on David Knight show. They replay his videos. They're regurgitating yeah. the same talk. So what's the point, Rob? So it's like, well, is it, okay. again, it's the name. It's Alex Jones's name. It's like Alex Exum. It'll okay. just, my, my name will be banned. Well, okay. and it won't give you anything with the content. Okay. But Alex, look at it from, from another perspective is that we do see a difference between the Alex Jones shows and the other shows because they are hosted by different hosts. Sure, he maybe comes on those shows sometimes and contributes to them, but it is different content. Apple was very diligent, and other people too, even even Spotify, but there wasn't a concerted effort here to do anything. We all had to make separate choices. As you can see, we made a separate decision based on our own terms of service to not take down everything. Stitcher took down everything. Actually, Stitcher was the first one to take down everything. This was a thoughtful process. Now, granted, it, it wasn't communicated in detail. Stitcher or Spotify? Word. Uh, well, actually, Stitcher took down everything. Wow, right, I didn't know that one too. Okay. Right away, actually. They they took everything down quicker than Spotify did um, you know, or what we did as well. So there was there were other companies that were much more extreme and much more kind of definitive on this than, than we were. We were a lot more thoughtful about it because we don't want to be seen as a company that censors content that's outside of the realm of our terms of service. So moderation is what we took here. And 
And that's what I hope that you focus on. It's not so much that that we're not inclusive of everybody that that was taken down. I mean, and, and, and just do a wide swath and take everybody down because that's 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 not what you want either. So we tried to take a moderate position on this and look at the content objectively. And and unfortunately, you know, we had to do that um, with that just one show, right? Didn't take down his whole network, so. Putting us in the ballpark of Stitcher or whatever else, taking everything down is not something that Spreaker did. No, I wasn't trying to group you into yeah. that category. I was just yeah. – I, I don't understand how some of the content is offending when you have a lot of the same – literally the same videos replayed of Jones and others on the other platforms, the War Room and, and, and David. Yeah, Green. well, I, I mean I suppose we could, could – uh, you know, I'm not saying ban those. Yeah, right. Okay, so you know, don't don't advocate for for us yeah, taking no. taking more no, no. stuff down, right? Don't so, misunderstand. I mean, yeah. I'm actually when I get yeah. off with this with you, Rob, I'm going to go check and make sure I'm still on Stitcher and Spotify, and I I'm going to make sure I'm still on these because oh, you never no, know. I think you are. I think you are, Alex. I mean, that, I mean, because you're 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 much more thoughtful on this stuff. I mean, just based on our conversation today, I think that you're you see things. Objectively, I don't get a sense from Alex Jones that he sees things objectively, but I also realize he's an entertainer. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's it's George show. It's a George Soros chai com infiltration, right? I mean, that's what he's going to say, right? It's this big network of a cabal of anti, you know, anti. But it's not. But it's not. I know that, but that's yeah. what he's going to say. Is what I'm getting. Yeah. It's going to be this whole conspiracy theory, which I, I understand. It's and know, he's, he's saying that to spin everybody up to take his side, right? That's part yeah, I of, would do. I would yeah, do. That's that's part of how this all st- all this stuff works. You see, and this Rob was right. this little side note, but this is one thing I think you'll find interesting. This is what I I think is Alex one of his biggest problems, right? Is that he says he's a news organization. Infowars is the tom- tomorrow's news today. That's their new tagline, right? And it's news and everything. I don't make that mistake. I tell people I'm I talk about society, culture, it's commentary and here to sway you. I'm so I, I'm not a news or I'm not a news anchor or reporter. The exhibi- but you know, I'm talking about the Exum experience, right? It's total opinion. Live- it's total opinion. opinion. And if it's people absolutely- take this as valid news or it's definitely happening that way, is yes. is getting is getting deceived. I hate to I say it. I think that's part of his problem because yeah. he makes it seem like it's legit. Not makes he he does present all of his stuff as legitimate news, and I've got reporters everywhere, and we're getting inside sources right. from inside the Pentagon, right, and all this stuff, and. That's I think a mistake because they're now he's getting all these lawsuits and he's getting hammered. And yeah. look, opinions much better. Don't you? I mean, I, I do not claim to be a news source. I have I mean, displayed this on my website and my show. I mean, nobody has a right in our culture or in the Constitution to to disseminate um, false information. I mean, it just it, it it's not protected by law. Um, you know, the the objective I believe is to be as factual as you can. Now you can have an opinion that's different or you can believe something is different, but you need to be clear about that. And I'm just not sure that a lot of, a lot of these folks are. So, I agree. Yeah. So anyway, let's, let's move on from this topic. It basically took yep. up most of the show. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so how is radio struggling with podcasting? I know Stephen Goldstein wrote a terrific article off mm-hmm. of uh, radio Inc. Actually, I'm linking to it in the show notes so you can go, Go check it out. But, um, you know, he, he asked a really good question. He said, how will a commercial radio power through? And more significantly, what is hindering the progress of commercial radio and podcasting? And my quick answer to that is model after public radio. <laughs> so and I think that they they're actually doing that. So, um, you know, it's he comes up with, you know, some very important things, you know, our podcasts are not the same as broadcast radio. Um, and a lot of the radio folks are starting to realize that. And they're realizing that it's, it, it, it's hard to do this stuff in addition to radio and still be able to pay everybody and do everything that needs to be done. Um, and we're starting to see a similar pattern with uh, smart speakers too. Maybe the format of podcasting isn't the ideal format for, these uh, smart speaker platforms, maybe maybe the smart speaker platforms are more suitable to more like radio content, you know, uh, short short um, pieces of content or like YouTube content. 
Um, so there's starting to be some feeling about that long form content on these smart speakers, like the, the, the Amazon echo type type of devices, um, isn't, isn't really a group listening experience, right? It's a personal listening experience to long form audio podcast content. Um, and then who's going to make all this stuff at the radio station? You know, um, most average radio stations don't have a lot of extra bodies hanging around. So, you know, it's, it's, does that mean that the radio staff's going to have to work 18 hour days? So they produce the on air stuff and then they produce the podcast stuff. Uh, and who's going to pay for that? You know, and Alex, go ahead and chime in on any of the stuff before I keep going through. Is there yeah, no, I, thinking of? I, yeah, I tweeted that article. I thought I saw you put it out there in your comments. So then I retweeted it. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about it before. Like, what is radio? What is podcasting? Right. What's the differences? And he went he broke it down, I thought, pretty quickly and talked about how YouTube is not television the same way podcast is different from radio. And I think yeah. a lot of people forget about that. That's why you have YouTubers who are successful on YouTube. And there's been some that have tried to actually transition to television with talk mm-hmm. shows or comedy shows and things and didn't work out. And you have mm-hmm. people who do radio or even television like Bill O'Reilly. They try to do a podcast and it's not working out. So or, or how many celebrities – you know more than me, Rob, because I forget them all because they pod faded. How many <laughs> celebrities right, started podcasts? were very good you know they thought they'd be great and engaging and just or they were comedians and it didn't quite work out um you know one famous one people can probably pull that up and i'm giving youtube traffic which i shouldn't but on youtube it's it's a classic moment where alec baldwin went to do talk radio he wanted to get into talk radio and i think it was in new york and i think it was sean hannity and mark levin called in and like haranguing him on air and you realize immediately it's a funny clip rob if you haven't heard it yeah. it's it's like talk radio gold right <laughs> and you realize really quick like like baldwin's funny on snl or whatever in the films but he can't handle talk radio like he can't handle hecklers he, he just exploded and just became incoherent and like went into a rage you know yeah I mean? right well he has so, a little bit of history of that from what i recall he's got an he's got an yeah. anger problem yeah. absolutely yeah. so but but you realize real quick like oh he's not really cut for talk radio whereas like michael Sav- savage or even hannity would have like mopped the floor with him you know what i mean and handled sure. them the right way sure. so it, it's really f- strange to see people i talked about a guy out here in kfi he's got a great voice he used to be the voice for American Idol, Mark Thompson out here, right? And I used to listen to him on talk radio. He started a podcast. Rob, it was the most god-awful thing I ever heard. It was so boring. Like the first 15 (laughs) minutes was him talking about his new show on every show. Wow, okay. It was so weird. I actually – I don't want to – I'm trashing this guy and I actually like him. I think he's a nice guy or whatever. But I actually downloaded it, Rob, at one point to have an example of a bad podcast intro. Just like where the guy drones on about what he plans on doing with the new show. And, yep. and what's coming up. And it's just you're like, dude, get to the get to the guest, get to the point um, right. anyway. So it, it, I, I like that. He recognized that in this article that there, there are different mediums and it, like certain people work in different mediums. So you could have an anchor on CNN that is just kind of sent, you know, saying news and stuff like that. Because I know Anderson Cooper just launched a live show on Facebook yeah. and it didn't do very well in the beginning because it's not the same. Like you have to be. You have to engage with the listener. You, you have to have a personality for one. A lot of these people have no personality or sense of humor whatsoever. They're so yeah. stiff, dry. And that's why Alex Jones is succeeding, right? Because he's just all oh. personality and, and bravado <laughs> and screaming and blows up every five minutes. Throwing so, chairs and all sorts of stuff. Oh, does, tape right? ripping yeah. his shirt off. People yeah, haven't right. seen maybe some of his classic skits. Yeah, right. Um, skits. You probably- there you go. Skits. There you go. <laughs> they are, right? They're really skits. It's, it's parody most of the time with this guy. Right, right. Um, Alex Jones has actually become a caricature of himself. That's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. But uh, um, anyway, getting back to that article, I thought it was really – people should read that article. I read the whole thing. Usually I say I read an article and I read the first two paragraphs. I read the actual whole article this time. Right. And yeah. I, I think – I like the way he writes because it's just quick information that you want to hear. There's not a lot of fluff. So, Well, um, Stephen has a long, long history in creating content on broadcast radio. So he's a radio he's, guy, right? He's totally, totally has a radio history. He used to be program director at some big stations around the country and in groups. So he's got a lot of long-term experience with the radio side, and he's dived in with both feet. I mean, I know Stephen really well um, into the podcasting space, and and worked hard over the last three or four years to become kind of an expert in the podcasting area because he could see that that's. <laughs> 
the direction that things were starting to head and he wanted to be seen as kind of like a thought leader in that. So he's jumping in and, and talking to radio stations, trying to work through these issues. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at these radio stations, I mean, DJs aren't really thinking along the lines of podcasting. You start thinking about what those guys do, you know, on music stations and, you know, to create, um, podcasts around those folks requires them to think differently, right? Is, mm-hmm. are, are these DJs qualified to, to do a 30 minute show talking about health or motherhood or something, depending on who they are, right? Are, do they have the personality to, to hold an audience for 30 minutes when their, their primary job is to hold audiences for like maybe one or two or three minutes. So right. it's, it's, it's a different positioning and podcasts to a lot of these stations are hard to monetize. I mean, Look at the podcasters. They're, it's not an easy thing. You know, Spreaker's working hard to try and give you tools to easily monetize your show and make some money. But you think about a radio station and their their overhead and their their operating costs and stuff, um, they think about it a lot harder than a typical podcaster does. So it's it's a tough game. And they're also fearful of cannibaliz- cannibalization of their radio side. So if they work harder on the podcasting side, does that mean that they lose traction on the on the terrestrial broadcast side? So they're they're torn between where they put their energy, right? So it's almost like you have to yeah. have separate staff, right? Uh, but that takes more investment. I, I agree because they think that they can do the same radio show and maybe not even edit it and just put the show out, right? Not chop it down for a podcast. You know what I mean? And like get some of the gibberish out and some of the, the, the plugs and things like that when yep. people want it on demand. But Rob, I've said this before and I, I – look, I'm not trying to attack anyone in particular. If you actually read um, Radio Inc., where the article came from, they yep. talk about podcasting a lot more. Like over the years you've seen. Like they're – you know, it's it's a big topic. I have Radio World magazine right here, which I get to my home, and they're always talking about it. And then more and more articles. So like the radio industry gets it, I think. They're starting to get it, like you said, starting. I still think they're slow. Yeah. But well, I, I, our, yeah. our Radio Inc. is going to be uh, launching a podcast on, on, on Spreaker very soon. So, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, you think they would have had them by now. But okay, cool. That's, I'll, I'll definitely be listening to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I got to say, I've said this before, a lot of people in radio are – damn lazy it's almost like the taxi cab drivers the yellow cab drivers right they just dominated the business and the cabs were falling apart and they were stinky and there was gum all over the place right and then uber came along and they had to up their game they even have an app now, right because they were like we are losing our shirts here and radio was just like this old stop branch they thought nothing would ever long than this podcasting thing came along like, yeah podcasting no one that'll never catch on well boy were they wrong but they got stodgy. That's the only way to put it. They got stale. And I listen to most radio nowadays. Rob, I can K- KFI is the biggest talk radio station out here, like 7 million listeners a day. They have worst promos. They played the same promos for months. Literally the same promo for the same show. Nothing new. Like I'm like, that's the funniest joke they've had. And I've heard the same joke about you know White Castle for three months that this guy, yeah. one joke that he said at one point in a four-hour day, and that's all they have as his best line, and they keep beating it. It's the stupidest nonsense I've ever heard on KFI. The promos are weak. The intros are weak. Every time It's the same intro a lot of the times. There's nothing innovative. And I hear podcasts. Look, look, I'm not saying you know I'm the poster boy for it, but at least I'm trying with the X. I have new intros. I make you know new little clips and skits. I hear other podcasters doing amazing storytelling with audio, sound effects, stuff I've never even you know I can't even do. It's just like I don't have the time. But radio's just lazy sometimes, Rob, and they, and they just want to. They don't want to do any more. They, they're like, well, we've been doing this for years. We've got the advertisers. They're, they're running so many ads, it's nauseating. And then they just say, well, just push it out as a, as a podcast. And then that doesn't work because it's basically the same. There's nothing new. It's, there's nothing different. And we got to hear the same commercials and stuff half the time. So wh- th- that's why they're failing in some instances, I think. It's just not yeah. innovating. Anyway. Well, and I think that they really over the last 20 years has thought more about um, um, the advertiser as their customer instead of the, the listener. And oh my God. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, that's, I mean, yeah. Yes. The podcasters yeah. are used to going after the individual. I think you're right. Or they're just trying to like, they have to be like very generic and throw out a wide net so they can make sure more advertisers come a calling. You're right, right, man. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I, I, and radio has always been a one-on-one medium and, yeah. and that's why podcasting is so much better at it maybe because like podcasters naturally, 
Well, it, are, are, it, it is a, it is a one-on-one type type thing. It's it's typically positioned to be more more um, receptive like that, right? It's, yeah. it's typically done in a personal conversation. It's not, you know, like this show is certainly not like anything that you would hear on commercial radio. But yeah, I suppose we could be on commercial radio, but you know. Especially with this topic, I'm sure that would do some, do well on commercial radio. <laughs> and, right? No, right. And some, and there are some podcasts that actually do okay on radio. Ben Shapiro, he just recently got radio gigs, yeah. but not all. You know what I mean, Rob? Like, not all podcasts would probably be good on radio. Sure. Right? sure. I, yeah, you know, it's so. not a perfect fit. I agree with you. So, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's yeah. a nuance type thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but uh, radio has a great opportunity. Um, they have a huge. Um, uh, potential of driving traffic to podcasts too. They, they've got a huge megaphone. There's still lots of people listening to podcasts. The question I have about that though is, is the listener to radio the same listener that's more likely to listen to a podcast? And I, I don't know. I think there may be large demographic differences between radio listeners and podcast listeners. And if we can bridge that divide, that would be terrific. You know, but I don't know. It, that may take time. So we'll have to see on all that. But anyway, well, that was great, um, Alex. I, I think the the article, go check it out with Stephen Goldstein at Radio Inc. Yeah, and I, I do have the, the link to it in the show notes there. But before we run out of time, and we're already past the the hour um, here, but um, uh, what are podcasting's hot topics? And I didn't want to go into a lot of detail on this because we don't have a lot of time, but um, just wanted to mention these are some of the hot topics that I brought up in my podcasting uh, session at Podcast Movement, the state of podcasting panel that I pulled together um, for the event. It was it was probably three or 400 people in the room, and it was packed. Uh, and these are kind of the hot topics we talked about is, is do we need um, a new professional podcasting, you know, association. Uh, and, oh, and it looks like Alex had to run here, but let me uh, run through these last few. The IAB V2 metrics standards uh, certification, and this is around how to count um, the downloads and, and, and plays on podcasting distribution platforms and to drive some standards across the, how these things are are actually counted. So that's in progress now. More and more companies are jumping on board with um, um, adhering to these IAB V2 metric standards and are getting certified. And, and Spreaker Boxness is on that list to get that done as well. So we're going to be part of the standards that are established in the industry. And one of the key questions too is how to grow overall listenership. Uh, for podcasting. I think th- these are key questions. Um, they were talked about on, on the panel session. And the question I posed to the panel is, um, is new content outpacing listenership? Are, are we growing the content side faster than we're growing listenership? And is that thus ca- causing an acceleration in pot fading? So people that start a show and then stop. So, you know, th- these are topics and if we can grow the overall listenership to podcasts, then new content coming into the medium will more likely have audience, uh, which will dissuade the pot fading stuff. And then what are the impacts on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and possibly Pandora coming into the space? Um, the consensus at Podcast Movement was that all those things are good. Um, they come with good sides and bad sides. Uh, some of them are going to grow faster than others. There's a lot of variability in that, but just in general, you know, we're always welcome to large players like this getting into the space because it will hopefully reach more listeners, which is the overriding goal. So anyway, I appreciate you listening to the show today, the Speaker Live show, and it's great to have you uh, with us. This was a controversial topic show, and I appreciate you, you know, in you know, listening through and being engaged. And, and certainly I, I want to get your feedback on what was discussed today and, and what, uh, what we do as a, as a community going forward about all this stuff, uh, around, you know, terms of service and you as a podcaster on the speaker platform or really any podcast listening or distribution platform has to deal with these type of issues on, on occasion. It's not a regular thing and I don't believe it's going to become more of a regular thing. Um, but I do believe that as some things 
some topics um, get more extreme in the culture that it, it may come up a little bit more frequently, but uh, hopefully it won't uh, it be an ongoing problem. Um, but you know, you never know, right? So anyway, um, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Spreaker Live Show today. It'd be fantastic to have you back with us. Send me an email, rob at spreaker.com or rob at voxnest.com, whichever email address you want to use. I'm on Twitter uh, at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's. And I do have my own website, uh, robgreenlee.com, and I'm actually in the middle of writing an article that will be posted there and maybe reposted over to the Spreaker blog. But definitely go go check out the Spreaker blog too, blog.spreaker.com, and we keep you up to date with what's happening on the on the Spreaker platform and what's going on with the company and tips and tricks on how to optimize and do do a better podcaster over there as well. But um, certainly come back and listen to the Spreaker Live show with Alex and I, and we will do our best to. Uh, keep you entertained as well as informed about what's happening in the podcast space and also what's happening at Spreaker. So thank you so much. And uh, hope to have you back with us next uh, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern at SpreakerLiveShow.com. 